Appreciate y'all joining us uh, wherever you are. We're starting a new series uh, that I'm calling Certainty in Uncertain Times. How do we erase the un in uncertainty? This is not an existential uh, message or an existential series like, can you even be certain about anything? I think, therefore, I am. How do you know? It's not existential. It's not up in your head. Um, we're just going to look at some real practical ways to gain some certainty in a very uncertain world. Here's what I know. And you know this too. There's much to feel uncertain about, right? It's all, uncertainty is all around us. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Like what's best and what's, what's proper protocol? What's safest? I can wear a mask, but go into a store and touch every product on every shelf and nobody cleans that. So I just, it's uncertain. I'm not making judgments. I'm saying it's just, there's uncertainty abounds. How do you believe the nation's expert in this whole thing who can't throw a baseball 60 feet? There's just uncertainty. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm not making judgment. I'm just like, it's just like, not that one has to do with the other. I'm just. Like, there's something internal, especially out here in ranchos, and I realize we're different. But there's something that just feels wrong that as of August 7th, a full 0.38% of our county had COVID. 0.38%. So why all this? Doesn't it just feel unsettling? It's just uncertain. I was talking with one of my sons before he went back to college to play football. And he said, Dad, like I'm around a very diverse group of people on a football team. How do I handle the entire Black Lives Matters thing and the kneeling of the, of the anthem? How do I handle? There's just uncertainty. He said, if I say something in agreement online, then I'm in this camp. If I don't say anything, then I'm in this camp. And maybe I'm not in either camp. I mean, you can agree with the sentiment that, yes, black lives matter. But there's an uneasiness in much, though unstated, let me put words to it. Here's the uneasiness. Though I agree wholeheartedly with the statement, with the sentiment but to support the movement means I'm either Marxist or if I deny the movement, I'm racist and maybe I'm neither. There's just uncertainty. How do I respond appropriately? Because neither Marxist nor racist is biblical. So there's just great uncertainty. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And there's a host of other things for which we have to be uncertain, have feelings of uncertainty. There's a host of things. I mean, look at the stock market. Who knows what's going to happen to that? What about a vaccine? Who knows? Now, maybe after November, we'll all of a sudden get one. I don't know. School's supposed to start. You want to talk about uncertainty in parents? What does distance learning look like for a kindergartner? Give me a freaking break. However, you want to put my child in potential danger? I... There's just uncertainty. So how do we handle it? 
I'm glad you asked. Thank you. <laughs> Let me give you a definition of uncertainty so we can understand how pervasive this thing is. Uncertainty is doubt, mistrust, skepticism, suspicion. It's a lack of sureness about someone or something. That it, uncertainty involves situations that are with imperfect or unknown information. That's life, isn't it? Uncertainty comes, it's a threat to ourselves, to our loved ones, or our future. All of this creates uncertainty. Now, when uncertainty is threatening, because you can have uncertainty and be okay with it, but there's some uncertainty that is threatening. And when uncertainty is threatening, what happens is it evokes negative emotions. And these are emotions we'd rather not have. And oftentimes, our immediate response to negative emotions is mood control. We want to control our moods. And there's healthy ways to control moods, and there's unhealthy ways to control our moods when uncertainty strikes. Now, you can go to substances and relationships to control your mood, and some of those can be good, and some of them can be bad. Matter of fact, it's interesting. And this is, a, I'm going to give you a little bit of Bible that most uh, like good Christians don't want to pay attention to and have never heard preached uh, and have probably never read. Psalm 104, verses 14 and 15 says this, God made the fruit of the vine and wine to gladden men's hearts. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> like, amen, brother, preach that one. That's a good verse right there. I like that one. That's what the Bible says. God made the fruit of the vine and wine to gladden men's hearts. But then in Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31 also says, beer is given, <laughs> praise the Lord, <laughs> beer is given for those who are in peril so they can forget about their misery. And then it says for leaders, better be very careful with wine and beer. Because in Bible words, it says you start drinking, you start getting stupid. And so it does say that there are, God give, has given us protocols to control our moods. And they're not all super spiritual. See, here's what happens in uncertainty. We want to eliminate uncertainty, but that will never totally happen. So our, our humanity's common goal, your goal and my goal, is to gain enough knowledge about the future where uncertainty loses its power. That's what we want to do. If I just knew when we're going back to school, if I just knew when football was really going to start, if I just knew when we could come back to worship and actually be inside. <laughs> I just need some knowledge about the future so that uncertainty loses its power. That's what we want, right? If I just knew. Through all this whole school shutdown thing, one of the things that has resonated in the ranchos is just when are the kids going back? <laughs> if I just knew. So why is uncertainty such a powerful enemy? I'm going to tell you why. Because uncertainty, here's why, it isn't dangerous until it leads to anxiety. And uncertainty is such a powerful enemy because more often than not, it leads us to a place of anxiety. 
See, uncertainty can just be the unknown. There's a lot of unknown. However, when the unknown creates anxiety, anxiety can become deadly. Anxiety, remember this, anxiety will kill your future. Anxiety has profound physiological effects on us. Heart rate, stress, sleeplessness, obesity. Anxiety not only will kill your future, anxiety will kill your faith. So uncertainty becomes powerful and deadly when it leads to anxiety because we haven't discovered how to handle uncertainty that leads to anxiety. Here's what I know. God created humans for the ability, the capacity, and the need for worship. And all worship is, basically, is focused attention. And God has said, worship the Lord your God only. So God has said, you were made to worship. And what that means is you were made to focus your attention on me, is what God says. Now, anxiety is worship. It's just the focused attention on fear. Do you understand? So when we give ourselves, because of anxiety, because of uncertainty, over to anxiety, we're living in a state of worship. It's just we're worshiping the unknown fear. Anxiety borders on the worship of the evil one. Because he is the author of fear. We're commanded to worship God only. Focused attention on him alone. You know, one reason why uncertainty that leads to anxiety. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that uncertainty is bad. There's a lot of things that are unknown, and that's okay. But when we allow it to lead us to the land of anxiety, fear takes over. And let me tell you what fear does. Fear is a robber, and fear has come to steal your future. And this is, what, this is the result of uncertainty run amok. There's a song that I listen to, and the, the lyrics go like this. Fear is a robber with a smooth and velvet tongue. Fear is a tyrant always telling me to run. And most people live their lives accordingly. Let me give you some scientific proof about the effects of anxiety. There's this, this neuro, I can't even say the word, he's so smart, I can't even say his title. <laughs> Neuroeconomist, a neuroeconomist. You know what neuro means, right? Brain, economist, money. And so he studies, <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing. He studies the effect of money and probability and financial probability on our brains. He's, he's a good looking guy. His name is Colin Kammerer, and he's a neuroeconomist at Caltech. He's brilliant. And he did this experiment to determine um, the effects of the unknown on the human brain. And this decision-making game called the Ellsberg Paradox. And he took images of people's brains as they made bets on which 
card in a deck of 20 would come up red or black. So they would make bets. There was only a deck of 20 cards on which card would next be turned over to be red or black. They made bets on it. Now, the first group of players, he told them how many cards in the deck of 20 were red and were black. So they knew 7 and 13 or whatever, so that they could calculate the probability of the next card being a certain color. Do you understand? Very little uncertainty. The second group of this experiment, he only told how many cards were in the deck. There's 20. They had no idea how many were red or black. And then as they made bets, he took images of their brain, how it processed information. The results were significant. Then the first group that were told there's this many red, this many black in the deck of 20, they knew what they didn't know. And so they could make compensations for their uncertainty. The second group their brains reacted very differently. With less information, all they knew there were 20 cards. Those players exhibited much more activity in the brain area of the amygdala, which is the brain area that centers on, that's associated with fear. So in essence, they experienced much greater fear with greater uncertainty. In other words, what filled in the gaps of the greater uncertainty in their brains was fear. So here's what happens physiologically to you and I. When uncertainty is elevated, we naturally process that as fear. Do you understand? Yes, sir. And that's why uncertainty leading to anxiety is so deadly. Have you ever struggled with anxiety over stuff you didn't know? Yes. So, one of you is going to ask, well, what's the solution? What's the solution? <laughs> See, some of us try in an effort to limit and control our emotions, we choose not to care much about anything. And that's no solution. And that's no way to live. See, the remedy is just not to worry. The remedy is to trust and be blessed in the midst of uncertainty. Let me, I realize this is a lot of setup. In this. I'm doing a lot of setup before I, I really start preaching. <laughs> but let me just give you a good lesson for all of us. Okay, So pay attention. Here's a good lesson for everybody in this room. Don't speak your fear into my story. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's enough uncertainty in my world already. Don't speak your fear into my story. See, oftentimes, we talk to people about the uncertainty that we feel, and all they do is lead with their own fear. Now, remember, both fear and faith are more contagious than corona. You've got to understand that. Have you ever talked to someone about your legitimate concerns and your legitimate uncertainties and all they do is tell you everything that they think of that could go wrong and all they do is tell you stories about their friend who had somebody who also had someone like that and how bad it went? (laughs) He's like... Here's the thing. Never, that means ever, Play the devil's advocate, ever. 
Do you know why? Because the devil don't need no advocate. <laughs> I get so sick and tired, especially of people who say they follow Jesus playing the devil's advocate. But think about that word. You're going to be the advocate for the devil? And, and don't ever, in the midst of uncertainty, come back with, well, you know, I'm just a realist. I'm just a realist. Well, change who you are. Here's what I mean. In times of fear and uncertainty, I need faith, not your version of realism. Do you understand? Here's the thing. Get this. If your realism centers around death, defeat, and destruction, you're an agent of the evil one. Because in Jesus is life, victory, and renewal. You want to be someone's advocate, be Jesus' advocate in my life. Don't be the devil's advocate. So you move against your own fear and give me faith in uncertainty. You understand? So... Let me take my foot off the throttle a little bit because I feel like you need to breathe a little. But just think for a moment how most people usually start their day. Just think for a moment. How do Not you, because I'm sure, you know, you got everything dialed in and you're perfect. But uh, like other people, maybe the person you're sitting next to, how do they start their day? Most people hit the snooze button to try to sleep off last night. Let's be real, right? So many of you are thankful that we went to one service at 10 o'clock because of this whole COVID thing, because you don't feel like you're forced to get up and be here by nine. Because Saturdays are rough for you oftentimes. But how do most people start their day? They wake up, they grab their phone. They check their emails. They check their texts. Most people pick up their phone. Don't say don't me. I just said don't. It's probably not you, but it's someone else. So just kind of play along. Most people pick up their phone and start rereading their text from the conversations from other people from the day or two before. Most people pick up their phone and start checking the news feeds. You want to talk about uncertainty? Most people pick up their phones and start, start checking their social media platforms. That's how most people start their days. Is it any wonder why we struggle with uncertainty that leads to anxiety when that's how we start our day? Is it any wonder? I mean, at some point, there's some responsibility we have to take for ourselves and for this uncertainty and the anxiety with which we live. Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayers unto you and will look up. Psalm 5, verses 1 through 3. In the morning, give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayers unto you and will look up. As we start this series, Certainty in Uncertain Times. I want to give you the beginning steps to remedying uncertainty. And it is found in Psalm 5. 
The Bible says in the King James Version what I just quoted to you. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayers unto you and will look up. Not look at. I just want to unpack these few verses for you. Verses 2 and 3. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. What he's saying here is God be attentive and pay attention to my cry for help. Here's what we got to know. If I go to God as the first option, God will respond to me as the first priority. You understand? Start your day in prayer. And communication with the Almighty who loves you. If he wouldn't spare his own son, how would he spare from you any other good thing? Don't start your day with the news and social media. If we want to be serious about being certain in uncertain times, we must begin our day with the certainty of God. Not the uncertainty of life, not the uncertainty of culture, not the uncertainty of politics, not the uncertainty of COVID. The first thing in the morning, before the phone, before social media, before news, the first thing the psalmist says is, give ear to my words, O Lord. Start talking to God first thing in the morning. Give ear means, God, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. It's a strong statement. But how many of us know that sometimes things are so uncertain, we don't have words, we just have a heavy heart. Sometimes things are so uncertain, I don't even have words. I just have a heavy heart. That's why the psalmist says, consider my meditation. It means literally pay attention to my thoughts and my yearnings and my murmuring. Sometimes, God, I don't have words, but know my heart. Oh, Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayers unto you and look up? Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear when? In the morning. Apparently, God likes to talk in the morning time. So if you don't like to talk to anybody else in the morning time, at least talk to him in the morning time because he wants to. Now, I don't know what God does at nighttime. He just says in the morning time, he's listening. In the morning. It says, I lay my request before you. When the Bible says that to lay your request before God, it means literally to arrange and set your requests in order. So for all you hyper-organized people, this is a perfect verse for you. Arrange and lay your requests in order. Oh, wait, let me tell you this though. That word to lay before 
to arrange is actually used in the context of battle arrangements before you go to war. So understand what's happening here. Realize what it is we're doing. We're just not talking to God as if I got to do my daily prayer. Like we're arranging the battle arrangements before we go to war. See, anxiety that's created because of uncertainty is your enemy and it's seeking to devour you. And you got to go to war first thing in the morning and arrange your battle arraignment. See, any uncertainty that leads to anxiety, the only remedy is war. And the only weapon is the word of God. And the only context is prayer. You understand what we're talking about here? Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. Front to you will I pray. My voice shout thou here in the morning. O Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayers unto you and will look up. When the Bible says, will look up, it means literally, I will wait in expectation. Like, I will wait in expectation, not hope. Not just some, some not, not, not hope in the, in, the, in the normal way we use hope. Well, I hope it works out. With expectation, it means literally I will keep watch throughout the day for God's answers to my prayers that I lay before him in the morning. I will watch closely for God's activity on my behalf because sometime today it's coming. See, when I watch for God's activity with certainty, I'm no longer a victim to the anxiety of uncertainty. Do you understand? So let me just tell you the results of us who live this way. This is the way Psalm 5 starts. Look at how it ends. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name will rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with this shield. This is the result of what you just did in verses 1, 2, and 3. Those who take refuge in you, that means those who run to God for protection. That's why I tell you the first thing in the morning, if you're not running to God for protection, the first thing in the morning, you're not taking refuge in him. And you sacrifice all of this. This is why it's so important to start your day. Because here's what happens. Your enemy, anxiety and uncertainty are just waiting for you to wake up. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're just waiting for you to wake up. So run to God right now. When you do that, the promise is that he will make you glad. It means literally that he will give you cause and reason to be happy. Wouldn't you want a cause and a reason to be happy? Do what the Bible says. The promise is that those who start their day like this, he will spread his protection over them. Literally, he will put a fence and a barrier around them to stop even the approach of the enemy. 
That means when we live this way and we practice what the Bible says, God puts a fence and a protection around us so that the approach of the enemy of anxiety can't even get to us. Certainty in uncertain times. It doesn't change the times. It just changed our position in the times. When we run to God for protection, we do that because of who God is, that we trust God to be who he said that he was already. He is Jehovah Saba, our warrior, and I trust him to be my warrior. He is Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd, and I trust him to shepherd me and take care of me and rescue me when I wander off. He is Jehovah Rohi, my healer, and I trust him to heal all disease. He is my provider, and I trust him to provide my every need. And I wait with expectancy to watch him do it every day. He says that he will spread his protection over you. That surely God will act in this way, that he will bless the righteous. It doesn't mean the righteous who never do wrong. It means the righteous who have been declared justified because of Jesus's covering. God has said, I am your righteousness. He said, I am Jehovah Tzikhanu. I am your righteousness. And so if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are covered by the righteousness of Christ. And if you are covered by the righteousness of Christ, he has said that I will shelter you. You understand? You understand what's at stake here? How will he bless you? How will he shelter you? He says right here, I'll surround you with my favor as with a shield. I mean, just, just think about this for a minute. Like God has said, he's given us instruction. Imagine if you were shielded all around you with God's favor. Imagine walking through the world convinced you are surrounded with God's favor. You know what I pray every day? I pray this over my family every day. That God will surround Caleb with his favor. That God will surround Wyatt with his favor. That God will surround Joe with his favor. That God will surround Miranda with his favor. That God will surround Miles with his favor. Can you imagine what happens if you believed what the Bible said? If we were convinced of being surrounded with God's favor, how anxious would we then be? If we were convinced of this, why would we be concerned with uncertainty? If we were convinced of this, couldn't you then be certain in uncertain times if you knew that you were surrounded by God's favor? Right? Here's what I know. I'm going to be done. Come up here, band, wherever you are. Get up here. Well, I'm, I'm going long. I'm sorry. Bear with me. Here's what I want you to know. Though things may be unknown, it doesn't mean things are unsure. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of unknown right now. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. It doesn't mean things have to be unsure and scary. Why? Because of what God has promised us. Because of what he has said. He's given us instruction to beat 
He's given us instruction to conquer. He's given us instruction to be victorious in a very uncertain world. What's his instruction? His instructions are this. Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto you will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayers and will look up and I know and I will watch with certainty because I run to you for protection. Spread your protection over me and surround me with your favor as with a shield. What is there to fear? You don't sound convinced. Let me start my message over. So this morning I want... Here's why times of uncertainty are good. Because it forces those of us who say that we have trust and faith in Almighty God through relationship with Jesus to put our life where our mouth is. You understand? Listen, this is going to be a good series. It ain't going to be an easy series. It's going to be a good series. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to put into practice what the Holy Spirit has instructed us in his word. Pray with me. Father, give ear to our words. Listen to us and consider our meditation. Hearken unto and pay attention to the voice of our cry. For unto you we run, unto you we sprint for refuge. Hear our voice this morning. You are our king and you are our God. Unto you will we pray. Unto you will we run. Unto you will we approach. Oh Lord, this morning we direct our prayers to you. And in this morning we look up to you in this morning remind us of the certainty and the assuredness that you surround us with your protection and that you cover us with your favor not because we're good not because we've earned it but because of a relationship with you by your grace through faith Father, when troubles abound and when afflictions increase, deliver us and save us from them all. For we are your people. We are yours. 